She saw him leave that morning, but he didn't come back that afternoon. He didn't show up that night. Nobody heard from him. The teen's body was found in a rolled up gym mat in a high school in 2013. His death ruled accidental. Say my name and remember what you've done. Your hurricane has blackened out the sun. You can't continue to kill unarmed black people and get away with it. But if Kendrick did die of an accident, how, with all that distrust, how could you even ever show that? But then on the flip side is they didn't treat it like it, it could have been a homicide. Lowndes County Sheriff Ashley Polk announced officials were reopening the investigation. Only angle is to find justice for my son. You are currently listening to season three of Ashes to Ash TV, the investigation of Kendrick Johnson. Episode 10, more questions. My name is Ryan Anthony Domek Hernandez, and I am over the age of 21 years of age. I am giving this declaration voluntarily, and I have personal knowledge of the facts stated herein and know them to be true. On one occasion, was with him at his apartment in Jacksonville, Florida, when he told me that his younger brother killed Kendrick Johnson. Before we dive into Ryan Anthony's statements, I'd like to take a step back and discuss how we got here. The theory that Ryan Anthony comes forward with really seems to be the prevailing theory of what happened to Kendrick Johnson in one way or another. Obviously, this being Ryan Anthony's version of that. If you follow this case avidly, I'm sure you've already heard some version of what Ryan Anthony comes forward with. For those of you who are new to this case, there's gonna be a lot of names mentioned in this statement that you might not have heard before. So don't worry, as soon as we're done reading the statement, I'll go into who the people are so you have a better understanding of who Ryan Anthony is talking about. My name is Ryan Anthony Domek Hernandez, and I am over the age of 21 years of age. I'm giving this declaration voluntarily, and I have personal knowledge of the facts stated herein and know them to be true. I met Brandon Bell in April 2016, and on one occasion was with him at his apartment in Jacksonville, Florida, when he told me that his younger brother killed Kendrick Johnson. According to Brandon Bell, Brian Bell, Ryan Hall, and Kendrick Johnson were in the gym when an argument between Brian and Kendrick began. The argument was about or over Brian's girlfriend. According to Brandon Bell, Brian was taking steroids at the time, and out of, quote, roid rage, or the effects of steroids, he struck Kendrick Johnson in the neck with a 45-pound weight, or dumbbell. Brandon Bell stated that Brian Bell opined that the aforementioned blow may have broken Kendrick Johnson's neck. According to Brandon Bell, Ryan Hall was a witness to the fight, and Brian Bell told Ryan Hall that if he didn't keep quiet and help him move Kendrick Johnson's body, his father, now retired FBI Special Agent Rick Bell, would make sure he, Ryan Hall, would quote, pay for it. Brandon Bell also told me that his father got in touch with Sheriff Chris Prine after being notified of the fight and Kendrick Johnson's death. Brandon Bell also told me that Sheriff Chris Prine got in touch with the county coroner. Brandon Bell also told me that his father got in touch with another FBI agent who in some way facilitated the editing of the high school surveillance video by corrupting or deleting some one hour and 25 minutes of the original recording. Brandon Bell also told me that after Kendrick Johnson's death, that his organs were removed and newspapers placed in the cavity so as to interfere with any effort to establish the correct time of death or to otherwise disclose any other injuries. Brandon Bell also told me that the autopsy was falsely documented. 
I'm giving this declaration in support of plaintiff's motions to withdraw admissions and plaintiff's opposition to defendant's motions for attorney's fees and expenses pursuant to 28 U.S.C. 1746 and under penalty of perjury that the foregoing is true and correct. I'm sure some of your heads are spinning right now. I'm sure some of you are yelling at the TV, this is true, and some are saying it's untrue. So before we dive in too far, let's discuss the people that were mentioned in Ryan Anthony's statement. I think the most important person mentioned is Brian Bell. Brian was in school with KJ at Lowndes County High School and they played sports together. Brian has been heard in interviews saying that him and KJ were friends. Action News, a news and media organization, interviews Brian. Did you have anything to do with the death of Kendrick Johnson? No. He's, he's like one of my good friends. Even at the time of his death? Even at the time of his death. So Brandon Bell is Brian Bell's older brother, and he's also attending Lowndes County High School at the time of KJ's death. Brandon was also big into sports at the high school. You know, every word we broadcast of this is going to be scrutinized by the blogosphere, the Twitter sphere, and so on. Yes, sir. It should be. And I want everybody to know the truth. And uh, I mean, they can ridicule me and they can, they can say whatever they want, but in the end, the truth will prevail and everybody will find that me and my brother have been innocent and always will be innocent. So Ryan Hall, the third student mentioned, also went to Lowndes County and appears to have been friends or acquaintances with the Bell brothers. I asked Kenyatta, KJ's sister, about them. Did you ever hear of a kid named Ryan Hall? I heard about him, but I never knew him. Were you aware or did you know at the time if he was friends with the Bell brothers or you don't know about that? They said that he was. I don't know him, so I don't know. Were you ever suspicious of him at all or he never played into any thoughts you had that dealt with KJ? I heard that he was there, but besides that, I don't really know him. Okay, so you had heard the rumor too that he had been there. Mm -hmm. So one thing I find really interesting about this is the Johnsons really have a different interpretation of the relationship between Brian Bell and KJ. They, they seem to be on very opposite ends of how they feel about how that relationship actually was. And even reference a well-documented fight that happened between KJ and Brian about a year before KJ was found dead. The students told investigators Johnson and the younger bellboy, both varsity football players, had a fight on a school bus on the way to a game the year before, suggesting a simmering feud. The Johnson's family really have a different perspective of the relationship between Brian Bell and KJ, and they paint that in a much more menacing light. I then asked Lydia, KJ's aunt, about it. It kind of seems like a lot of the people are kind of focused on the Bell brothers. Is that kind of what the general consensus is from the family of what they believe happened? All I know is that they had altercation. And every time they had an altercation, it was physical altercation. Of course, somebody got to get their ass whooped. It wasn't going to be Kendrick. If you and me, we fight, and you keep whooping my behind, do you think I'm going to keep coming back to try to get a rematch so I can win one time? No, I'm just going to let that go. Okay, you got it. That should, no, but they kept going back and forth fighting, and it should have just ended there. I was told that it was about a girl. I said, a girl? Had you ever heard Kendrick talk about that girl or her? Or Kendrick didn't talk about that stuff with us. That was a conversation for him, his brothers and sisters. That was it. He didn't talk, that. He didn't talk with us about it. Uh, my name is Kenyatta Johnson. I'm his sister. Did you know a lot of KJ's friends or were you kind of too far 
ahead of him in school to really know them? No, I knew most of them. But do you know, was he at any point ever friends with Brian Bell or Brandon? I've never heard him say like that was his friend or anything. I remember when they was fighting. That's all I really remember. I never heard him say that like they was friends or anything like that. And did you ever know of KJ to have any girlfriends around the time? He didn't have a girlfriend at all. Okay, so in, in your whole time growing up with him, you never even knew of him to have a girlfriend? Nope. Okay. And I know one of the witnesses had said that they felt like this was caused because KJ and Taylor Egan were going around. Taylor is and was dating Brian Bell. That's what they say, but I don't really believe that either. That doesn't fit with who KJ was in your mind. I mean, he had a lot of friends, though, all racist, so, but I still don't believe that. That seems like a weird thing to do in high school to hide. And I used to sneak and have go through his phone, so I would have seen it. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. <laughs> I went through my sister's diary one time and it said, I hate my sister. And I was like, don't go through that. Oh, oh my God. I was only about nine years old at the time I read my sister Mac's diary. So sorry you had to find out this way, Mac. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't think she meant it. We're good now. <laughs> so can you, from how KJ described the fight or how did you hear about the fight between him and Brian? Me and my mother had went to pick him up from the school. And when we got there, he was getting out of a police car. So that right there had my mama upset already. So that's how I found out. I think it's kind of what really surprised me about this incident is that KJ comes back to the school in the back of a cop car while Brian is given over to the custody of his mother and he's allowed to ride home with his mother. There might not have been anything nefarious going on there, but I'm really surprised because KJ is a minor that his mother wasn't called. And the excuse of why Brian was allowed to go home with his mother is because his mother was actually at the game and KJ didn't have any family at the game to send him home with. So that was the reason that was given of why KJ went back in the back of a police car and why Brian got to go home with his mom. But I think, you know, with the temperature of today's society, black and white authority and kind of what that's meant, I feel like there might be a lot of sensitivity to any time someone's put in the back of a cop car and the person of the fairer skin is allowed to go home with their parents. So I don't know if something nefarious was happening there, but it does just feel weird with all that we know about society today. They should have at least gave my mother a call, even if they was gonna let them ride before they even moved the police car from where they was at, they should have been giving my mother a call before they just let a minor in the back of a police car. You guys didn't even know until he got back to Lounge. Mm -hmm. At that point, what did KJ say about the fight? <laughs> I know he said he won. That's about it. That's all I can really remember. Did you know why the fight started on the bus? Did he ever tell you why? Or he just said that he... Some about him, was he was playing. So the few accounts I've heard about this fight is it seemed to have taken place on the back of a bus. And it, from all accounts, seemed to start out as kind of a playful nature and then turned violent. It sounded like the two boys were joking with each other or kind of razzing each other. And then pretty soon it turned into a physical altercation. The bus driver apparently had to call the cops at that point. So the cops came and they intervened between Brian Bell and KJ at that point. I remember him saying that he was doing a lot of playing, that's it. Was there anger from KJ about Brian after that, or did it seem like just one of those fights, oh, it's no big deal, it's over? Yeah, that's how he was. He was no person that's gonna stay 
mad or nothing like that. So he was just through with it after that. And and was he upset that he had to ride in the police car or he didn't even take that? I don't as... think he even cared. It was my mother who was more upset than anything. After hearing what Ryan Anthony Dominic Hernandez had to say, I, I really had some major concerns because he comes forward uh, a handful of years after KJ has passed away. And when he comes forward, he's coming forward not from Lowndes County High School, but he is friends or somehow acquainted with him in Florida where Brandon Bell was living at that time. So basically this young man is saying that he knows these guys and is coming at it from that point of view. I feel like a lot of the information that we had gotten previous to this was people within Valdosta or Lowndes County itself. So this is one of the first ones that's come out of another state from somebody who wasn't in Valdosta and wasn't part of you know what was going on there. So I think it's really interesting what he says that he implicates Ryan Hall, Brandon Bell, and Brian Bell. So that's three people. The correlation I'm making here is that Chauncey also talks about three people. Two individuals made admissions that they caused the death of Kendrick Johnson on January 2013. According to the statement given, he only knew the first name of the individuals and that a third person whom he did not know was present and heard these admissions. He overheard three people talking. Obviously, they may not be talking about the same people. I just thought it was interesting that, again, we're talking about three people. So that's one correlation I thought was interesting. The way Ryan Anthony makes it sound in his recorded testimony is that he says... I met Brandon Bell in April 2016 and on one occasion was with him in his apartment in Jacksonville, Florida. So apparently he is good enough of friends with this person or acquaintances with Brandon Bell that he is comfortable going over to his apartment. So I think that they must have been somehow friends or acquaintances, which is something we need to verify. One of the things I think is really interesting is in his statement, he claims that he overheard Brandon saying that his younger brother killed Kendrick Johnson. So when he starts this statement, he says, I met Brandon Bell in April of 2016 on one occasion, was with him at his apartment in Jacksonville. Then he goes on to say that at this point is when Brandon told him that Brian killed Kendrick Johnson, Brian being Brandon's younger brother. And then he goes on to state, according to Brandon Bell, Brian was taking steroids at the time and out of roid rage or the effects of the steroids had struck Kendrick in the neck with a 45 pound weight or dumbbell. Brandon Bell stated that Brian Bell opined for the aforementioned blow may have broken Kendrick Johnson's neck. We spoke with Dr. William Anderson who handled the second and third autopsies. We found that there was one area of trauma. We found that the second exhumation autopsy that was trauma, okay. but uh, yeah, he wasn't beaten or anything. No. The trauma kind of was limited to the shoulder and the neck area on the same side of the body. Yeah. Okay. Then also we had heard some rumors that there had maybe been a, a weight that had been used, like a 50 pound weight. Had you heard anything about that? I mean, I suppose it could have been dropped, a weight could have been dropped on his neck. Okay. Anything that would cause that sudden compression could basically result in this. But your, your kind of thinking on it was that it was most likely an arm. Yeah, an arm grip. I mean, an arm grip, like, okay. Yeah. And why I think this is so interesting is that from Bill Anderson, who is the 
person who did the second and third autopsies for Kendrick Johnson, he is very specific that he believes it was some sort of blunt force trauma to the neck. So really when Ryan Anthony Dominic Hernandez comes forward, he's basically saying that he heard from one of the people who seems to be consistently coming up as a suspect that his younger brother killed Kendrick in such a way that actually fits with Dr. Anderson's estimation of what happened to Kendrick Johnson the day he was killed, meaning the blunt force trauma to the neck. So I think that's really interesting. If we want to believe that Ryan Anthony is lying, we have to believe that he somehow knew about what the new findings were about Kendrick Johnson, which probably wouldn't have been too hard to figure out because it was pretty big in the news at the time, and then fashion that to make up this story. And I have some major concerns about that. Either you have a complete sociopath trying to get people in trouble for whatever reasons I can't imagine, or you have someone who's actually trying to bring relevant information forward to the cops. And the weird thing about Ryan Anthony, much like Dalton Chauncey, is he also seems to end up in jail. He ends up in jail on criminal trespass charges, and he's listed as not eligible for bail. And it seems really unusual that someone would be uneligible for bail for a criminal trespassing charge. So I wonder also what that means. Does he have a long rap sheet uh, that he this time was not going to be given bail? Was the criminal trespassing that intense of a charge that you don't get bail for it because it also included maybe a person or hurting someone? So I'm really curious at why he went to jail and then why there was no bail set and where he is now. So we've been looking him up for quite a long time and we have not been able to locate him. So if anybody knows where Ryan Anthony Dominic Hernandez is at this point, we would love to talk to him and clear this up. Even if it needs to remain anonymous, that's fine. If he's around, I would love to talk with him just to understand if it was something made up for and what reason it was made up for or if he still stands by his statement to this day. And then also to find out why he went to jail afterwards, if he's comfortable talking about that, and if he felt that the no bail was a product of him coming forward with this information or if it was because of his trespassing charge. So I think that's one thing that we definitely need to start looking into and I think is really important to this case. So to really believe Ryan Anthony's statement, you really have to believe that there's a conspiracy happening. Ryan basically states all the people that would need to be involved in this conspiracy at one point to basically make it work. Brendan Bell also told me that his father got in touch with Sheriff Chris Prine after being notified of the fight and Kendrick Johnson's death. Brandon Bell also told me that Sheriff Chris Prine got in touch with the county coroner. Brandon Bell also told me that his father got in touch with another FBI agent who in some way facilitated the editing of the high school surveillance video by corrupting or deleting some one hour and 25 minutes of the original recording. Brandon Bell also told me that after Kendrick Johnson's death that his organs were removed and newspapers placed in the cavity so as to interfere with any effort to establish the correct time of death or to otherwise disclose any other injuries. Brandon Bell also told me that the autopsy was falsely documented. So if one chooses to believe Ryan Anthony's statement, you really have to believe that a conspiracy is afoot. So at this point, you have to have a whole bunch of people involved to make this theory actually hold water. And that includes Brandon Bell, Brian Bell, Ryan Hall, the Bell's father, another FBI agent, the medical examiner, the coroner, and Sheriff Prime would all need to be involved. 
That's eight people right out of the gates that would need to be willing to protect a murderer. Now, some conspiracies do hold water, and a recent example of this is the Epstein case. I truly believe that most of us would have really doubted it if one of our friends told us that there was an island where underage girls were brought to have sex with adults and that there were adult women involved and helping out with this entire process. I think that that would have been a lot for a lot of us to take in, but as we all know, what happened with Epstein is true. That's really the type of story you need hard evidence on to really believe because it's almost too hard to believe. And another thing about the Epstein case is a lot of the people were profiting from the illegal activity they were participating in. So not only did that give them incentive to stay quiet, it also gave them incentive to continue with the criminal enterprise. So really when thinking about the Kendrick Johnson case, in regards to Ryan Anthony's theory, we need to think about why would these eight people be willing to keep a murderer protected? What benefit do they get from doing that? Could you get them to falsify official documents, dispose of organs, alter surveillance tape, and pack a body with newspaper? On the flip side of this, Ryan Anthony really gives us a detailed account of what happened and really kind of crosses all the T's and dots all the I's. And so it's a really satisfying testimony. I mean, really in this three page statement, he clears up almost everything in this case from how KJ was murdered to what happened to his organs. Really, he covers every piece of this case that you desperately want an answer to. He provides that answer. And that really makes me wonder, is this true or is this not true? One thing I'm really trying to do here is kind of lay out all the information that's come before we started investigating and the few things that have come out since we've started investigating. And really that kind of helps us get to the final answers because we're able to check off people we don't believe were involved and we're able to look heavier into theories that might hold some water. So that's really what we're trying to do by going through all these different incidences and finding out what could potentially be true and not true. So this is one more point in this case where I'm really confounded. Either you have somebody who heard exactly what happened with this case and has the answers that show what happened to Kendrick Johnson, or you have somebody who made this kind of wild story up for what reason I'm not really sure of. And, and both of those things are really difficult to get my head around. So I think this is one thing we need to pursue a lot heavier and to find out if any of these statements that we've heard over the last couple episodes are true or if they're not true and what that means as far as examining this case further, what other avenues can we take to try to find out what happened to Kendrick Johnson? Ashes to Ash is created by Ash Patino, associate producer Kate Giordano, crew Brie Blankenfeld. Title music was performed and produced by Eight Graves and the name of the song is Bones. The independent artist is Sweet Tea, and her song is Say His Name. Web design for Ashes to Ash TV was done by Second Melody, secondmelody.com. Subscribe on the website to receive commercial-free content, early access to episodes, uncut interviews, and discounted merchandise.
merchandise. Just go to ashestoashtv.com. A-S-H-E-S-T-O-A-S-H-T-V.com. Please follow us on Facebook at Ashes to Ash True Crime or on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Ashes to Ash TV. If you have a tip or would like to leave us information, please go to ashland57 at gmail.com. A-S-H-L-A-N-D-5-7 at gmail.com. 